Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller, and we're with you for the next couple of hours, and appreciate you spending some of that uh, time here with us as we talk sports. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list uh, here today, here's what's coming up in about 25 minutes. Uh, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic will join us. Look forward to speaking with Doc. By the way, did you read his piece at The the Athletic this morning? I have not. No, I was uh, changing bloody sheets from a bloody nose from the little man. So uh, didn't get a lot of reading in this morning, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, it's Doc. He's such a terrific writer. I think I'll read it before he comes. Just the first, not the whole thing. Yeah. Just the first two paragraphs. It's so well done. So Scott Doc, I'm at about 1025. Off we will go to Vegas with uh, Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. He's on fire. Uh, to start the season. Uh, he will join us uh, as he will all season long. Uh, we'll talk sports wagering with uh, one of the biggest names in the business, Kenny White from KennyWhiteSports.com. At 11.05, it's Wednesday. That means Cappy's here. So your Bears fans will certainly get your Bears fix uh, with Cappy coming up at 11.05. And then in what will be his normal slot throughout the football season, which hopefully goes way into January and maybe even to February, although it's tough to get back there Three years in a row. The voice of the Kansas City Chiefs has committed to joining us every Wednesday at 1130 throughout the regular season, with the exception of the bye week uh, for the Chiefs. So look forward to catching up with Mitch Holtis in a game. Uh, that you know, I get it. We're not paying attention to the NFL in week number one because of that. Oh, that other little game mm. uh, taking place in our state. But Cleveland, Kansas City is a massive game, and I don't think it's crazy to... You know, look way down the road when it comes to tiebreakers mm-hmm. and who has the head-to-head. That is tiebreaker number one, after all. And these two teams figure to be teams that are well, more of the contenders uh, in the AFC. So that's the guest list here today. Look forward to talking a lot of football, sprinkle a little baseball with Cappy as the Cubs had their winning streak snapped last night. I um, think as much as anything, it would be... Um, we wouldn't be doing our jobs if we didn't start with this. You said you weren't going to bet yesterday. Mm-hmm. Did you follow through? I did. You really didn't. I you re- didn't make a play. I didn't make a play. That's the first time I could. Maybe like me going a day without a beer. Right. You going a day without a bet. I just. I'm nervous already coming up this weekend. And for it, the game, yeah. For for just no betting. Oh, for betting because you for can't betting. top seventeen and zero. Right. Right. And I'm looking at lines this week. We're getting ready for a TV show. If you missed yesterday's show, he legitimately did because he showed me his... He's not just saying this. Yeah. Trent gave me his phone and brought up his DraftKings account, and there were 17 check marks in a row. Green, one, 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 one. It was one of those weekends. uh, Not O-N-E-W-O-N. I also went down the route last night. I'm a $5 player. Right. That's my unit. It's Mm -hmm. five bucks. I'm not a big player. Never have been. Well... Shouldn't say you never have two kids. Right. It, this is fun. I always call it my entertainment tax. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's a couple hundred bucks before the football season. If need be, a couple hundred bucks before the basketball season. If football didn't go very well, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I have fun with it. That's This is not a money-making endeavor. And for people to think that it is, get ready for a grind. Because yeah, that's what it takes to be you a You know what? I'm going to ask Kenny White that. Right. Because he knows he'll know them all. Not a, well, certainly majority of them in Vegas are professional bettors. And... 
I went down the rabbit hole last night. If I would have done a 17-team with the 17 picks I had in college football over the weekend, if I would have done a 17-team parlay for five bucks, mm-hmm. my standard unit, would have paid just shy of eleven thousand dollars. <laughs> if it would have should have. Uh huh. And then because there are a lot of weekends, I won't do seventeen, but I will do a quite a few round robin parlays where you're betting a bunch of different games yeah. together. I've done that before, and I didn't do it last weekend, so I'm kicking myself about that. This is never going to be topped. And as I'm looking at lines, we're preparing for our TV show on MediaCon that we'll tape this afternoon. That's on sports wagering and. I just don't see anything now. It's almost isn't that weird. My my mind is clouded because yeah. of the week. How did I pick all these games right? How did I have it? I went five and zero in our picks that we do on Fridays. How do you do that? How do you? I have brain lock. I can't get past this now. Mm. And I, nothing's jumping off the page. Absolutely. Wow. Weird. No one game. NC State against Mississippi State. Yeah, I, th- I saw the same thing. That's what it. am I missing? That's it. They opened as a dog, by mm-hmm. the way. It's two and a half now, and mm-hmm. I jump on that with NC State. But outside of that game, it was a stretch. And I also found a ton of props for the Iowa State DraftKings. Yeah, Travis Dvorak from Wild Rose sent us a bunch. So there's some fun ones in here. First team to 10 points. Iowa State minus 135, Iowa plus 105. But this one was Is my... Is there a C, none of the above? Right. <laughs> Neither team gets Nine, to 10. 9-6, we've seen that before. Yes, we have. This is at Bet Rivers. Total points for Iowa State, 25 and a half. We know the streak for Iowa. Nobody has scored right. more right. than 24 points against them. That, that one's pretty out. easy. And the other one, and I found this one at FanDuel. Overtime. 16 okay. to 1. 16 to 1 feels like a really good number mm-hmm. because these are two even teams 13, 13, 10, oh, 10, 17 yeah. apiece. I just don't see a lot of points scored in this football game. At 16 to 1, that's worth. I jumped aboard on mm-hmm. that one. So FanDuel got a little bit of my money, still bonus money from all those accounts. See, I never did that. I still got, I guess I could still do it, right? You can, yeah. There's all kinds of those promos still yeah. going on now and, and the quote unquote free money. Right. You still have to play through with whatever you get. That's still out there. And I got all these accounts and I'm bouncing around and going <laughs> different places. And I, 16 to 1, because I didn't find it at Bet Rivers. I didn't find it at DraftKings. Didn't find it anywhere else. I was the only one that was laying that one. Tie in regulation is the way that it's dubbed on there. 16 to 1. Yeah, we'll throw five Take bucks a on little that. nibble at 16 to 1. Bet a little to make a lot. That's a pretty good yes. one. Uh, the game itself, Trent, uh, I'm glad it's a short week. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. there was a point yesterday during the show you looked at me during a break and said, you know what? I'm glad we had Monday off. Because I've had that question a lot before. Don't you wish this was a week later so you'd had a full five days? <laughs> no. No, I don't either. There was a point. You know, earlier in my career, yeah. Anymore? No, it's just, it's just, and especially this year because we had it taken away from us last year, mm-hmm. and the fact that these are two really good teams, top ten teams, top ten teams. We're, we're going to get that matchup. Um, it's just there's just so many layers to this thing. Goodson coming out and, and saying what he said yesterday <laughs> about the look at I, it, it's just it's great fodder. Once the field, once the teams take the field and the balls, all, all the. Uh, uh, the bulletin board material or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. It's not like they're lining up across the line from each other and um, or, you know, going to run extra hard because of what somebody said on Twitter or tackle ex- uh, tackle more violently because Goodson called it the Super Bowl. Um, it's great. It's, it, the thing that bothers me, Trent, as much as everything about this entire week 
it, it seems we're going to have the rug pulled up from underneath us as fans of this game, and I still don't understand it. There's one fan base that doesn't want this game to go on, and I know I'm painting with a pretty broad brush here, but it's the Iowa fan base mm-hmm. that wants this game to go away, and the excuse is, well, we want to play different teams. Eh, come on, that what's really what's really behind this? I, I don't I don't get why anyone in their really wants this game to end. It means so much. There's nothing like this in the state of Iowa that comes close. Why do we want to take it away? There's nothing like this in central Iowa. And that's the Well, that's where we live. That is where we live, right. But not every Hawkeye fan lives in central Iowa. And that's where a big piece of this comes from. Living in Iowa City, living in East. Well, then, Iowa. then why don't why don't they want the game on the eastern part of the state? Maybe. Because it just doesn't matter. Because your cubicle, you don't got a half dozen Cyclone fans there because there just aren't as many, and it just doesn't have that same kind of rivalry. It's you go to the Quad Cities. Well, where do they find the Illinois? Where do, where do they find the Wisconsin fans if they live in Southern Iowa to, in the cubicles to talk about Wisconsin? And I, I just I never understood. And this isn't just a one year deal. This goes back since I've been doing this. Hawkeye fans don't want this game to continue. Ah, this is enough. Play every three. Now, look, I do get the new circumstances Mm -hmm. that have been thrown into the equation with the Big 12, um, uh, and I would need seven home games. I understand that, especially if the Alliance does take off. But I don't get the fact that, yeah, I'm good with this game going away. No, you're not. You know what? It's going to be one of those things. You don't know what you've got till it's gone. Think about last year. We didn't have this game. Right. Still was a fun season. Yeah, but could have been better. Could have been we, better. we lost our biggest game. We did lose our biggest game. And that's the one thing that I, I like to drive home, though. It's the most important in central Iowa, sure. where we are. And it's not the most important on their schedule. It's sure. not. No. And, and you would rather beat Indiana than beat mm-hmm. Iowa State. Right? I think any Hawkeye fan coming into the year said Absolutely. exactly that. Absolutely. If you if you signed up for one and one, who do you want the one to be? Mm-hmm. It's Indiana. Sure. Well, now you got that one in your back pocket. And whoever loses this game, yes, the the bragging rights. I mean, outside the football, the walls of uh, the respective football complexes, yes, it'll be a bigger deal. But at the end of the day, if I was eleven and one, if Iowa State's eleven and one, Mm -hmm. it's all going to be there for them. I was never a proponent of the game going away forever. But when the Big Ten moved to nine conference games, and knew that this is what the schedule is going to be. It's going to be Iowa State every year, and then two tomato cans. You know, two Mm -hmm. MAC teams, whatever it is. That's going to be your non-conference slate. I love going to Arizona State and Arizona mm-hmm. and Syracuse. Those road trips, going to different places. And we're not talking about elite-level programs. Yes, would you trade Iowa State for a Wake Forest home and home? Of course not. Right. Washington State, right. no. But if it's Oregon, if it's Clemson, if it's a program, of course mm-hmm. you would trade that. So I was more a proponent two years on, two years off, or even four years on, two years off just to add a little bit of variety to the schedule. You get variety with Maryland. But why does Iowa State Rutgers? fans not care about variety? They, they, don't want, they want this because game every year. They well, don't have Nebraska anymore. They don't have Missouri anymore. They don't have a true rival yeah, but, anymore. But even before that, though, before, when they still did, there was never, it was never, oh, we, we, we need variety. We were sick of playing Iowa But again, where year. are you? I get it, Trent. I get the fact, but that's what matters to me right. is where I am. Sure, but it, we're... Looking more big picture. The fan base is not each comprised just in central Iowa. It's where we live. Mm-hmm. It's where we talk. And that's what's most important but to us. But that's what the majority of the population is, is we, get, we get to talk to. But if we tried to do our radio show the way we do, and all of KXNO, mm-hmm. in the Quad Cities, wouldn't be the same thing. Because... Yeah, but my opinion wouldn't change. Sure. That's, but I'm just saying big picture. And that's what you have to look at. 
I saw a question at Hawkeye Report, Tom Cakert's site, and it was about continuing to play Iowa State in a home-and-home, and especially with the new alliance. Are you in favor of that game? It was like 86% so wanted the game to go away. Yeah. So it's not just a small... But if the wild... alliance wouldn't have come in, if Cakert would have asked that question last year... Mm-hmm. It still would have been eighty six percent. Yeah, maybe eighty two. But okay, yeah. but yeah. right, it would have been a big number. Yes, absolutely. But if you ask that uh, Cyclone fanatic or any of the no, they don't want this game to end. Iowa State fans want to play this game. Why don't the Hawkeye fans? Because you have Nebraska and Minnesota and Wisconsin and Illinois, and you have other rivalry games. You have other games that also right. ratchet it up. Mm-hmm. Iowa nothing State, ratchets. Who's itself. their rival? They don't have one. They who's their rival? Kansas State. And who yeah. Kansas State say is their rival? Kansas. Kansas. Right. You don't have a rival, Iowa State doesn't have at a rival. the same level. I agree with you. And that's what I think drives mm-hmm. this point home more than anything. Mm-hmm. This is their rivalry ah, That's a fair game. point. That's a fair point. And you take that away, what's left? Yeah. Get fired up for Oklahoma Cincinnati? State. <laughs> yeah. And there's going to be West Virginia. Is that there's there's going to be West Virginia. So they're still on the outside looking right. as far as... Um, Oklahoma State loses their rival. Maybe mm-hmm. there's a vacancy there. Right. I don't know. It's, so what do you think of the new four, speaking of that, for the Big 12? It's happening. Yeah, it's happening for sure. It'll happen this week. Um, look, it's the best they can do, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, give Bullsby credit. Um, you know, it's not like they lingered over this decision. They identified the teams that they wanted. They're going to go pick them off. So that's good that um, that they did it in the um, the timeline, the time frame that they did. Look, it's not – you're never going to replace Oklahoma and Texas. And we get that. Everybody gets that. But this is probably the best-case scenario, you know, with one exception. And that's your exception to get a little, to go one step further and do so for football or for basketball, rather. But it's, Have you heard anything never. at all no about one's, that? No one's ever said a word about what you put out there, Trent. I'm just stunned by that. And if you miss this, Trent's, Trent's idea was, yep, go get these four teams for football, but take it another step. Become the dominant basketball conference by bringing in Gonzaga, who has to be bored playing right. in the West Coast Conference. Sure. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, have to be bored out of their minds with that year in and year out. And we see the lack of competition, what happens to the Zags normally when they, and they do normally make a run, and get Creighton. Yes. You know, get Creighton's tired of going across the country to play their games. Um, and, and it's more than that. The, the, the Olympic sports, the non-revenue sports, they're tired of doing that. Um, but no, I haven't heard a peep. Nothing at all. Never. I was surprised by it. Yes, I threw that out on a radio show. Is it going to get to Bob Bowlesby? Probably not. But to think that nobody else has even no thought of this idea of building the Big 12, even minus Texas and Oklahoma. Two good programs in basketball, but not great. Right. Two good programs. Yeah, good. And you substitute what you're doing, Cincinnati, one of the mm-hmm. historically best yes. programs in the country. Without a doubt. A BYU team that has the 17th most wins in college basketball this history. Is crazy. Is BYU. That's a good addition. That's a good addition. Central Florida, which I think is a sleeping giant, tons mm-hmm. of talent down there. Mm-hmm. They took Duke to the wire a few years back when they mm-hmm. had the right team and the right program. And you're adding to a Big 12, obviously with Kansas and Oklahoma State and yep. Iowa State yep. and on and on and on. Already a very... And Baylor, the national champion. <laughs> right, Baylor. Texas Tech has had good teams. Yes. You go through this, you're adding Houston to the mix, who mm-hmm. just played in a Final Four. Mm-hmm. The Big 12 over the last 10 years has been either one or two at Kempom. 
number one or two conference overall at Ken Pomeroy. It's mm-hmm. a great basketball conference. You build it even further by adding those two. And if Creighton says no, we, we're happy in the Big East. else. All right. Then call Wichita State. Right. Whatever it takes, but build that brand, and you get that new blue blood in Gonzaga. It takes this thing to And they don't level. care about football. Nope. They don't care. They're not playing football. Don't this need is it. basketball only. Let's get Kyle in here. He wants to join the frame. We're ha- glad to have him. Uh, 284-5966 is the number. Kyle, how are you? What is on your mind, sir? Good morning, fellas. Uh, going back to the uh, Iowa fans not you know, wanting to continue the series, I, I hear that from my Iowa friends, too. And they're the same ones that on a daily basis are putting Hawkeye stuff on my timeline, like, you know, beat state, you know, showing sign a trash can, showing a dumpster fire. Like, this week is the only week they're doing it, and it's directed towards me. And they're, they're on Twitter talking. So it's like you're, I think you're kind of falling for their uh, backhanded, uh, attack on Iowa State. We don't want this series. They want it more than anybody. Well, they want to win it. Say, they want to win it. But if they say they don't want to win, they don't want to play the series, that is a flat-out lie. It's it's a defense mechanism. It is a, um, well, it doesn't do anything for us, so why should we do it? It is complete defense mechanism. Every Hawkeye fan wants it. Every Cyclone fan wants it. It's just their defense mechanism, just in case there's a loss. You know, if they win, you know, great. If they lose, well, you guys wanted it more. I remember when Iowa State had that five-game winning streak back in, I think it was Turn of the century, 98-04. Yeah. All, all, all I heard about was it's Iowa State Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is the biggest game on their schedule. This is Kirk this doesn't care. Doesn't, yeah, Ferris doesn't care. Right. Yeah, and, and guess what? Iowa has that five-game winning streak right now, and it can be said in the last you know couple, two, three years, Iowa State was the better team. So guess you know maybe it's your Super Bowl too, but it's the state of Iowa's Super Bowl. Precisely. If you care about the state of Iowa, if you care about the two programs, you want this game. I don't never believe anybody that says they don't want this game. I uh, appreciate it, fellas. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, happy Cyhawk Week. Yeah, indeed it is. Uh, that's a fair point. I think he nailed it. Yeah. It is a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. I'm a Hawkeye fan. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows this. I'm not shy about it. I am a Hawkeye fan. I think mm-hmm. I can see things through that. But well, I you're still pretty am. good at it. I agree. It is a defense mechanism, and especially the time he's talking about. When Iowa, early in the Ferentz era, the 2002 game, you know, the only huge. loss of the regular right. season, you're up 24-7 at mm-hmm. the half, you blow it. And even as that season was going on and Iowa State was going down the toilet in the back half of the year, well, it was their Super Bowl. Yeah. It was that defense mechanism. It just meant more. That's all McCarney cares about. He doesn't care. Well, now he did. I mean, he did take <laughs> he it to did. a new level. And he built this rivalry. Absolutely did. What do you came here? What was this rivalry like? It was, it was one side. It was awful. It was, it was boring. People, Iowa State people, Iowa State fans never came out at me. Trent. I say this all the time about Jamie Pollard. To his credit, he got Iowa State fans out in public as Iowa State fans. Sure, there were some, but he made it seem like, you know what, it's okay, Cyclone fans. Put on your gear. Walk around. Be proud. Um, you can show your faces. That's that's how I take Maybe it's the fact that I don't have a dog in the fight, and because I care about the state, I love this state. Sure. 
And I don't. I think this is a blow to the state if this game goes away. That's how I see it. Uh, Tim is next. Tim, welcome to the program. How are you? Good. Go ahead. How are you today? Good. Uh, I, I'm tired of calling in people. Iowa State is the fact we don't want the game. It's a defense mechanism. We're calling it off. Up to the last three years, Iowa State has not been that good. If we won, oh, you're supposed to win. If you lose, well, we beat you. We see now you guys. So it didn't help us any. So I'm just getting to the point. Well, yeah, we want the game, but no, we could do without it. We could play a bigger opponent, and maybe get a better. Like ranking. who, Tim? Well, who are we going to play? Who are we going to play? Good. Iowa State's good now. Who are you going to play? Iowa State's. Who am I going to play? Yeah, who do you want to play? play uh, Arizona. I'll play Arizona. I'm going out to Arizona. That was a great time. You know, okay. Arizona it was State. a fun time. Didn't work out well. You know, let's go play. Let's go play Clemson. Like you said, let's play some big boys. But you know, do you think that that's now, who they're going to schedule? The, I like the conference going now because Iowa State's good. As long as Iowa State's great and has nine, ten wins a year, yeah, it's a great play for Iowa. But when they're playing three, four wins, it wasn't a good play for Iowa to play them because they didn't do anything to go to the schedule. But, and but we here's were the to win. here's the well, end of the deal, Tim. Well, we were supposed to lose. At the end of the day, so. if you're eleven and one, it's not going to matter if Iowa State beat you. Is no. it? You're still going to. If you win the Big Ten, you're getting in. Well, we won eleven and one, and we got. Well, that out. was a different set of circumstances. That was pre-playoff. <laughs> yeah, that so was pre-playoff because our schedule was weak that year. Our schedule was weak that well, year. Well, the Big Ten did, and we lost you. Iowa State, and you know, so it does. It does matter. All right, Jim. You know, I appreciate you so call. It comes down to the last little bit, and yeah, Iowa screws up and needs that. You need that win. And we didn't get it, and we lost Iowa State. There it is. So thanks for the but call, yeah, Tim. It's, I do. I want to keep going. I do want to keep. Got a boy. Appreciate you know, that. Everybody's relevant. Yep, indeed. Thank you, Jeff. Next, Jeff. Welcome, real quick, Jeff. I don't know if that guy had some cocktails early, but that was an interesting phone call. But um, I agree with you guys about the Iowa State not having you know another team in the conference or you know that competitor. But I want to question Trent here. So Trent, you were saying with he's, you know, he's answering Iowa the phones. Now, He's answering the phone. Yeah, well, then I'm, talk, I'm talking to you. I'm talking, okay. We're talking. Okay. Okay, so Iowa, you know, they, their rival with Minnesota, that's, that, that rivalry, what does that mean? Or they, they beat Nebraska five, six years. What does that mean? That's not a rivalry. Like, if Iowa really wants to challenge themselves, if they're way better than Iowa State, why don't they play Wisconsin every year? Or why don't they play Penn State every year? Or why don't they challenge and play Michigan Every like those are rivalries to me. Yeah, but that's they're not, they're not for us. They're not Iowa. But, but what is Minnesota again? I, I want to really hit this home. What does it do for Iowa if they beat Minnesota every year? Well, what it, it propels them to a Big Ten West crown some years. Well, which they haven't been in five years. True, right? Or 2015. Yep. Okay. So, but I mean, in a in a com, in a typical year, this is my opinion. I think Iowa should beat Minnesota, Northwestern. Indiana, pretty much every year. So I don't know what the difference is if you're not playing Iowa State or you're playing Minnesota or Nebraska. Like I, I just don't get Iowa fans for talking how it's you know well we shouldn't play Iowa State. Well, take care of Iowa State most years, which you do, mm-hmm. and then take care of the Northwesterns, which you can't do, or take care of the Minnesotas, the Nebraskas, which you should do, and then you get to play Ohio State. I would say what every three four years. But it seems like to me, and we all like to talk about facts. It's hard for Iowa to get that job done. Jeff, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Got to run. Uh, uh, appreciate that. Appreciate the uh, the banter back and forth. I just don't want the game to end. Yeah. Selfishly, is it good for business? Absolutely. 
Um, but it's good for the state of Iowa. The bars are going to be packed. Everybody's talking about it. One neighbor's got a Hawkeye flying out, flag out front. The other one's got a cyclone flag. And the next day, for the most part, we all get back together and become Iowans again. Right. And I love that aspect about it. It can get ugly this week. It will. And it does. Yeah. But as long as it's just for a week. <laughs> as long as it's just for a week. That's, that's not Dr. always the case on Cyhawk Twitter. That's true. It makes it fun. It's, um, it's so good for business. 25 after 10. Miller and Condon. Scott Docterman next. 1460 KXNO. Back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Steel Jans third down miracle. Andy Brodell's 85-yard punt return. The 15-year streak. Shaggy's five field goals and probable runs by Seneca Wallace and C.J. Beathard. The punt fumble. Brad Banks injured hand. 44-41 twice. Did the legislature get involved? What happened to Iowa's band? Is there a Corn Family trophy? Beat Iowa jersey, $90 ticket, Cyclone billboard on I-380, Hawkeyes forgetting to bring the old trophy, Lefesta Rhodes, 54 Niang's kiss, Utah's first half, Jordan Bohannon shoes. It's a pretty good rivalry. Pretty good rivalry. Pretty good writer penned those words and typed them for the athletic, and he joins us. Hello, Scott Dockerman. Man, you paint a picture with that keyboard. Well done. How are you? Oh, I got to press the button. I pressed the... Sorry, caller. I think that... (laughs) Go ahead, Doc. This, uh, okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I, I tell you what, it's uh, uh, the, this rivalry paints a, a great picture, and it's just kind of easy. It's almost paint by numbers in some ways. <laughs> I mean, there's just been so many great moments and interesting moments, and that only happens organically. You can't just uh, create a trophy like the the Freedom Trophy between Wisconsin and Nebraska and christen in a rivalry. It's got to be bathed in all these types of situations, and Lord knows we've had them over the last almost 50 years. Doc, so many great memories mm-hmm. that just popped up as Ken was going through them all, and uh, conversation points that we've had on the air with every single one of them. Doc, we had a conversation about this game going away, the future of the game after 2025, what does that mean, the Alliance, on and on and on, and continue to hear from Hawkeye fans that want to see this game go away, and that, that's a big component of it. Go back, though. Refresh our memory. A couple people brought up that Iowa tried to schedule Notre Dame, tried to get out of the Iowa State game for a year, maybe two years. You have the details. Iowa, what, three, four years ago tried to schedule Notre Dame and Soldier Field. It didn't come to fruition. Can you take us through how that went, and maybe that led to some of the frustrations on the Iowa perspective of this game? Yeah, and there were some... I, I actually asked somebody last year, just can we break this down for me, not on record. And so I guess I'm revealing what will happen there now. And that was, look, we were not trying to get rid of the Iowa State game. What we were trying to do was schedule one off with Notre Dame, and it just wasn't going to work out. And so it would have been a one year where they would have had a, a Power 5, 11 Power 5 games, one with Notre Dame, like in Chicago. And it just for whatever reason, it didn't work out. They, the person who was involved in the discussions just he wouldn't go as far as to say why, but you know it was. And he plus he was like, well, you know, it's been a few years; it didn't really work out. But uh, but it was that was really more the genesis of it rather than kill the Iowa State game for one year. I mean, they kind of got spread and uh, to some extent, but it was primarily that one year they would go and play. Um, Notre Dame as a one-off. 
Was it 2017? Um, because if that's the case, Iowa could have. They played their non-con was Wyoming and North Texas. So I mean, if, if it was so important to play Notre Dame, I get that, and it would certainly would have been great uh, for the state. But you know, the the excuse that I'm hearing from some Hawk fans is, well, it costs us the opportunity to play Notre Dame. Well, you chose not to play Notre Dame because you could have canned the Wyoming game or North Texas and split the gate. Anyways, I just think it's too important for the state overall. So Trent just brought up something interesting in the first segment. You live in the eastern part of the state. From where we sit in central Iowa, there's nothing bigger than this game, and it's not even close. Uh, that's not the case in the eastern part of the state. Is, is that um, that's what Trent wanted? I mean, is that true? Yeah, that's true, and it's not a slight at all to Iowa State. I, maybe in the past, I've written things to make it look like it was not important. It is important. It is a big week. It's a big deal no matter where they play, if it's in eastern Iowa or central Iowa. Uh, but what happens is it's one of many games, and I think when you look at is the Seahawks bigger than winning the Big Ten, it's not. And I no. think the Wisconsin game and, and Minnesota and Nebraska games are all big, too. So it, but the difference is there aren't as many Cyclone fans in Iowa City or in mm-hmm. Cedar Rapids or in the Quad Cities as there are in, in you know, simply in, in Des Moines. So every office in Des Moines has uh, fans of both teams. Every church, every school, every every gathering you go to, you got fans of both teams. So inevitably that conversation comes up. I mean, I've had, uh, you know, I lived in central Iowa for a short period of time. My, my dad did for 30 years. My in-laws still do. In fact, my brother-in-law sends Matt Campbell gum every day. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny, you know. Uh, but here, just the vibe is a little different. It's, it's uh, I mean, again, a big, big, big deal this week. Mm-hmm. And really kind of going into this season because everybody knew how good both teams were going to be. But it's not the type of game that lives on uh, beyond Saturday as much as maybe it does gotcha. for Iowa fans in central Iowa. Just different. And yeah, the fact that there's not as many Cyclone fans over there, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. So, Doc, let's get to the game. And after what we saw from week one out of Iowa, defensively, they look ready to go. Offense, let's start right there. Spencer Petrus, we're going into his first now road start. Mm-hmm. With crowd, and it's not just going to be any crowd. It is going to be as revved up as you're going to find in college football. What you saw from Petrus in his first performance of 2021, and how do you think he's going to respond to the crowd on Saturday? Yeah, it was adequate. That's about as good as I could really describe mm-hmm. it. That it was just, it was just okay. Um, it wasn't anything special, and I didn't think he needed him to be special. And in a lot of cases, it's more of a matter of. Hey, these guys—they were up fourteen to nothing before he really blinked, and then uh, you know he really started rumbling. So, don't risk it. Don't give them an opportunity to get back in that game. So he's pretty conservative. The game plan was conservative, and he threw away the ball rather than try to fit it into a narrow window. So I don't know if it necessarily. And there were some drops, so I don't know that we saw him at his best. I don't think it really mattered that much. It, you know, it did kind of follow along the same lines, but. When he released the ball quickly, he was really good. He was 8 of 12. When he when his after two and a half seconds, like last year was bad, this year was bad, too. It was you know, almost 27% as those completion percentage was. He has to get better there. How that lends itself to this weekend, I think in some ways, um, I don't think it's going to be as bad as what 
some people think about, you know, kind of first road start in front of a road crowd. Uh, he has played on the road, so he understands all those. Yes, the, the well, volume will be turned up to the to 11, as Spinal Tap once said. Uh, but I, I think that that's not going to be as big of a deal. It's going to be about execution on third down. It's going to be at third and medium. It's going to be about fourth quarter. It's, um, you know, his predecessors did a great job of that. Uh, you know, Nate Stanley came up with a five-touchdown performance. He, one time he threw off the goal line and hit Amir Smith-Barset on a, what, a 27-yard pass two years ago. I mean, C.J. Beathard had, you know, play after play after play in mm-hmm. 2015. So they all did those things to win those games. He's going to have to win this game yep. at some point. I don't know that he could do it. I don't know that he can't do it. Mm-hmm. But we won't know that until Saturday probably around, uh, say, 6.15 uh, our time. Uh, Doc, uh, we're short on time, so I, I want to get this in. If you were buying a stock in a player from what uh, – you didn't see much of him in 2020, uh, and you, what you saw, maybe maybe not uh, you know the entire game, but for the glimpses that you saw of whom, uh, do you think has got a real chance to make an impact in his Hawkeye career? Any of the young guys jump out to you, Doc? Oh, my. Um, I guess I would say Lucas Van Ness. He got a sack, and uh, he played well when he was out there, and he's done a good job both in the spring and in the summer. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think he's one of the one of the guys. There's, there's a, quite a few, but I think they're going to yeah. come to the forefront more this weekend than what we saw on last Saturday. Doc, prediction time. What do you got Saturday? How's this thing going to play out in the mind of Scott Docterman? Wow, you're really putting me on the spot That's here. Right. I, I'm going to go with I, – I think – I think I'm going to go with Iowa State by three, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if this goes to overtime. Um, I, I think this has got the potential to do that, like we've seen so many great games in the past. So uh, hold on to your hats. I think it goes to overtime, and it just could be a simple matter of Iowa kicks the field goal, Iowa State scores the touchdown, and that's how the game ends up. You can, Doc, you can get that at 16-1 to right now. This game goes to overtime at FanDuel, so uh, get a couple of shekels there, and if your prediction comes true, you're going to be a richer man. Indeed. Doc, we're Richer Men from reading your card, uh, your uh, piece today at The Athletic. Well-written, Scott Dockerman. As I said, you can paint a picture with that keyboard, and you did again here today. Uh, that 50% off sale at The Athletic, is it still going on, Scott? Yeah, through Monday. So uh, we've got lots of stuff on the Cyhawk. Max Olson will be joining me. We've got a podcast, me and him, today. He'll be joining me and Ames, so we'll have both sides covered. So uh, now's the perfect time to, to sign up and uh, – and read up, especially uh, with you know whenever your favorite team does this weekend. And literally, your favorite team, regardless of sports, you can find it at the Athletic. Doc, thanks you. Uh, thank you. Appreciate you coming on. All right, thanks for having me, guys. Yep, good Appreciate to talk it. to you, Scott Dockerman from the Athletic. Kenny White off to Vegas. We will go. Miller and Condon, fourteen sixty KXNO one hundred six. analysis. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. We take you until noon. David Kaplan and Mitch Holtis in hour number two. Off to Vegas, we shall go. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. Off to a terrific start uh, with uh, both of uh, with his college magazine. The NFL joins the fray starting tomorrow night. Kenny White is with us. Kenny, as always, Trent and Ken, appreciate you coming on. So um, if you're going to be serious in doing this, for those folks out there, you never stop, right? Once the season starts, I guess adjustments have been something that you have, with your power rankings, have devoted a whole bunch of time since we saw the games unfold this weekend um 
how critical is that, Kenny? Oh, it's so critical uh, that you're you have to make adjustments after every single game for almost every single team because they are going to do things that you don't think they were going to do. And I, you know, it's uh, box score after box score. I'm going through to to make those adjustments, um, finding games that uh, the score wasn't really indicative of how that game was played. I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, Temple lost sixty-two to fourteen. Uh, but in that game, they, they only got outgained by a half a yard per play. Rutgers only averaged 4.6 yards a play and scored 62 points. So to everyone looking at that thinks Rutgers' offense must be great. Well, their drives were 2 yards, 26 yards, 22 yards, and 17 yards. Four drives of 26 yards or less, and then add to that a 46-yard interception return. So when a lot of people are upgrading Rutgers' offense and downgrading Temple's defense, I really didn't make any adjustments at all on on either of those. So very interesting. Florida Atlantic um, outgained the Florida Gators by over 100 yards and by one yard per play even, 6.1 yards to 5.1 yards. So those are the things you got to find to make adjustments. I, I know I... Had about five or six teams coming in the year. Maybe had about ten teams that I thought I might have underrated. And sure enough, boy, six of them, I think, came back to haunt me and played really good football last week. So I made the adjustments and don't want to bet against them again, but that's the way you got to do it each and every week. Kenny, I've heard handicappers on both sides of the argument. Either week two is their favorite week to bet or their least favorite week to bet. The overreaction that's there, it feels like maybe the lines get a little looser because of overreaction from week one. What side of the debate are you on? Do you love week two, or does week two make you a little more nervous? I, I, I'm not sure. I don't, really, I don't really look at it that way. Week one is probably my favorite because it goes up so early. But again, trying to get down early and bet these games as soon as possible is, is your biggest advantage because a half point is so valuable and if you get down early, you may get a point and a half or two, three points on a game advantage. And that's just, uh, you know, that's you can't beat that type of uh, line movement. Kenny White, uh, KennyWhiteSports.com, NFL season upon us. If someone were to ask you, what's easier to win at? And the answer's probably neither. But is college football or the NFL uh, easier for you to make money at? Oh, it's no no question. The uh, I've had some good years in the NFL, but... Uh, Never anywhere near where I can where I can win in college football. There's so many more opportunities in college football, and uh, the the information is readily available for the NFL. The line is stronger, and it just goes again. I try to say use common sense. Think about the bookmakers and what they offer. They'll let you bet fifty thousand dollars on a NFL game, and they'll only let you bet ten thousand dollars on a college game. Same thing goes for totals. They let you bet less on totals. Why? There's a reason. They have a hard time beating totals. So, yeah, I, I'd rather focus in on uh, college football and college football totals. I love handicapping the NFL. It is a challenge, though. And I said, had some good years. I had a good year last year and uh, hoping to have a good year this year as well. But it's still a very tough game to beat. you got to be very disciplined betting the NFL. Kenny, let's get into some of the games this week. Let's start with a big one. Oregon on the road after a ho-hum performance against Fresno. They go to the Buckeyes and that incredible group of wide receivers. Yeah, I don't think that uh, Oregon knew what they were getting into with Fresno and how good Fresno State is and very, very well coached. Mario Cristobal is extremely happy just to get out with the, without the W, heading, heading to Columbus. 
Um, 0 and 9 lifetime. The Buckeyes have won every single meeting in this series. Uh, Ohio State, uh, I was against them. I had a lower rating on them. It was one of the teams I had to raise up very quickly because it just showed against Minnesota their, their speed, their strength. They, they may be inexperienced, but they are awfully talented. But even raising that rating up, I still got to give some revenge for Oregon knowing they're, you know, 0 and 9. Uh, Ohio State has to be feeling pretty good about themselves coming back against Minnesota and that young club inexperienced playing at home. Maybe a little pressure. It's not a great play, but I do lean towards Oregon plus mm. the fourteen and a half. They have enough athletes to to hang in here and hang around. And I think right now Anthony Brown looked extremely solid against Fresno, so that's that's going to be a, a guy that I think can uh, put a couple points up on the Ohio State defense. Washington stunk against Mon- uh, Montana. Michigan had a good opener. Uh, how do you see that? Yeah, they sure did. Uh, Michigan looked very good against Western Michigan. Um, very, very impressed with Cade McNamara at a nine for 11, 136 yards, two touchdowns. He dominated. And on the other side, Minnesota, Dylan Morris, uh, struggled a little bit against the Montana defense. He threw three interceptions, 46 passes. I didn't think he was going to be their starting quarterback for the year, but he was missing all three of his starting wide receivers. Uh, that's awfully tough to do when you're, you're short on wide receivers. So th- this game right here, I'm leaning to Washington because I know they they were looking completely past Montana, thinking about Michigan. Uh, Harbaugh's program, I still don't think it where where it was once because he doesn't get the same talent from the state of Ohio that they used to get. So I'm I'm taking the points with Washington. I'm playing this game under because both teams have very very solid defenses. I'm hoping that Washington gets two of those receivers back. Uh, for this weekend, but it's not a huge loss. Two of those guys are redshirt freshmen. So the guys that did play are talented. They just didn't have experience. I'm just hoping, again, that was last week was an aberration. Washington was looking way ahead to this game right here and now have to make up for that loss with a great performance against the the Wolverines. They need to pull a w- upset on the road. Battle the Beehive State, BYU hosting Utah. I'm invested in Utah a lot in the futures market, both to win the South and the Pac-12. But a big number here, seven points in Provo as the home Cougars are getting a touchdown. Where do you see? Yeah, I was kind of surprised this line was so high. And, uh, yeah, Utah's a very good team. I think they win your side. Uh, uh, they're they're a well-coached team. Charlie Brewer uh, transfers in from Baylor. Solid effort in his first game. Uh, the, the Utes have really dominated this series, 59-31 and 31 with four ties. And they've won the last nine in a row. So I got to give some revenge for BYU. They 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 have the, have to be ready for this game. Um, they're they're a solid outfit. I think they're a very good football team. And under under uh, Kalani Sataki, uh, they've been an under team, forty and twenty four to the under, uh, big under uh, in this series. The last twenty games, it's ten eight with a tie to the under. Last nineteen games, ten and eight to the under. So I'm on BYU plus the seven, leaning to the under a little bit in this game. Jaron Hall, who sat out last year because he knew that uh, um, Zach Wilson was going to be the starter. He wasn't getting any time. I watched him two years ago when he came in a couple games. He is a really good quarterback. He went 18 for 28 for 198 yards and two touchdowns versus Arizona. Uh, they were cruising. They were destroying Arizona up 24 to three. Uh, punt to the one-yard line. BYU gets the ball at the one. Safety makes it 24-5. to And then a great return off the kickoff for Arizona. Put them in scoring position. 
a screen pass touchdown, and Arizona was back in that game. And I believe BYU had gone into halftime thinking, "Can't wait to can't wait to play Utah next week. We that's our rival. They beat us nine in a row. We're we're going to get them this year. This is our year. We're going to get them. We didn't get a chance to play them last year when we we had our best team. So I think they just took Arizona too lightly when they had that twenty four to three lead. They're a far better football team than that. They'll be in this game. It's going to be a great, great battle, the Holy War. Uh, Low-scoring game plus the points and under. Uh, Kenny, we've got 90 seconds left. So KennyWhiteSports.com, you're off to a terrific start for people that uh, go to KennyWhiteSports.com. I uh, highly recommend it. Uh, it's been winning week so far. Last thing, in, in 60 seconds, Cyhawk, Iowa or Iowa State, who did you adjust the most after you saw week one, and how do you see the game? I raised Iowa. Uh, they had to had to push them up. There's no doubt about it. Uh, again, Kirk Ferentz, such a great coach. Um, but you know what? Uh, Trent and I are not big on Spencer Petrus, and he did not impress. 13 for 27 for only 145 yards, no touchdowns, very underwhelming. Uh, Tyler Goodson had the big run. There was some turnovers. Um, and I, I think Iowa was a little bit fortunate in that game. I think this game is going to be a dead under game. This is such a battle between these two teams, two great coaches. Uh, amazing. This will be the first time ever both teams are ranked that they're playing each other, first time ever. And Iowa's won five in a row. Iowa State looking for that revenge. Two great running backs. I think you're going to see Goodson and Hall getting it quite a bit. But, uh, again, uh, under, for me, I think it's going to be a very low-scoring football game. Good stuff. Well, hopefully uh, you're uh, September the 17th. I'll remind you next week. It's a Friday. You can stop by Circa as we'll be doing our show there in the afternoon. Uh, Chris Williams from our afternoon show and I will be live at the Circa as we're in town for UNLV and Iowa State. We'll talk to you next week. KennyWhiteSports.com. Kenny, thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Yeah, good to talk to you. Hour number two coming up next. David Kaplan to begin. Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs. Miller and Condon, 1460 and 106.3.